Live from Spectre, this is Derailed Trains of Thought. Welcome to episode 78 of the Real Trains of Thought. My name is Timothy Beal. And I am Nick Hayden. And today we're coming to you from a very uh, quaint little town. Yeah, it's kind of nice, yeah, I think. They've got the, the lights strung up. They've got shoes. shoes a lot s- of shoes strung up. I'm not, I don't know why the shoes like are on the wire. I feel like I should take my shoes off. They encouraged me to kick mine off as soon as I came into town. And it's, it's quite cozy, although mm. there's something just a little bit off about the, the town. Yeah, it's here. just, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what it is. I can't quite pinpoint it, but. Yeah, but it seems pleasant enough. It's it's pleasant-ish. Pleasant-ish. So, uh, how's your how's your summer going so far, Nick? Pretty good. Pretty too fast. Good. Too fast. Well, yeah, it always goes. <laughs> we well, could use 104 days of summer at least. Vacation. Yeah, yeah. I think Not all like of us could. 60 or whatever they give you now. Yeah. <laughs> Been geocaching much? Not lately. No. The, uh, in Kenneville, there's a thing called Rambling Rocks. The library's doing where you, all these people go paint rocks and hide them around town, and they go find them and rehide them. And Ooh, so me and the kid. Well, Natasha done a lot of it with the kids, but I've been when I'm home doing it with them too. Nice. So that's been fun. That's cool. So um, let's well, just sit around and eat, drink some lemonade. Drink some lemonade here. That sounds like a good idea. And, oh, we probably uh, should do something else. Too. Well, we, let's. Well, we are here to podcast. Oh, after yeah, that's all. true. So uh, let's uh, let's go into story school. Nick, this is sort of your brainchild. This is here. my brainchild. Hello, child. You are from my brain. Um, okay, a little history. Yeah. Here's how I came up with this idea. And it's, I guess, it's more of a, just a discussion than anything. Early June, I believe, was the 50th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Oh, um, okay. the, the Beatles album, the famous Beatles album, uh-huh. um, which I happen to own and enjoy. Um, I'm not like a super Beatles fan, but I, I enjoy a lot of their music. But I was poking around being like, oh, that's interesting. And there were some stories online, I think mainly from Rolling Stones magazine, if I remember correctly. History between each story. And there's for, Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite is a very interesting, circusy song. I've always enjoyed it. I was like, where did this come from? This is a bizarre, I mean, most people's songs, you can say, where did this come from? Yellow Submarine. What? Exactly. And the funny thing is, they could make a story, they could make a song out of anything. This, apparently, and I can't, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher the history. If you're a Beatles fan, please forgive me. But <laughs> I think it was Lennon, I could be wrong. Um, John Lennon needed a song, they were really on time, and he collected all kinds of weird stuff, or whoever it was. And he had this circus poster from like 1860s. And he just looked at it, he, he had thought it was cool, and he bought it and whatever. And he looked at it, and he basically made the song just off this poster. Like, half the words from the song are from this poster. It's for, it, it says, for the benefit of Mr. Kite, we'll do Somerset's on solid ground, through Hogheads of Real Fire. Like, half the song, lyrics of the song are from this poster. Wow. Um, and it's a very interesting poster. I'll have to put it on the Facebook page when this comes out. So are we going to be talking about plagiarism here today, Nick? Yeah, no. <laughs> um, and it's, look, I, I love the song. I, I really enjoy the songs. But it made me think, the Beatles could make a story out of anything. 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 <laughs> And it made me think that everything is story. Everything is story. <laughs> everything is... Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, exactly. Except cooler. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, and, and again, I got kind of philosophical about this when I first started. So let me give my philosophy first. Then I guess we'll kind of unpack it. Yeah. Um, this is sort of my... Um, also my ode to smaller stories. Okay. To, I mean, when you go to movies, 
It's epic. It's always the end of the world or the ending of war. You know, because that's what you want when you spend $100 million on something. <laughs> Big blockbusters. Yeah. But anyways, here's my philosophy. As, as a Christian, the Christian worldview, in a nutshell, is basically in three movements. Creation, God made stuff. Fall, we messed it up. Redemption, it's made better again. Mm-hmm. Now there's also a fourth one, consummation, but we're not going to throw that in here right now. And now the more I was thinking about that, really all stories from a Christian point of view are basically either moving from perfection to sin or from sin up. And not, not that everything's spiritualized, but everything has got, you know, if you're going to put it in secular terms, you've got entropy. You have moving towards this order. So from a Christian point of view, everything is story because everything is, we're, we're fallen. We're in the fallen state. We're either moving towards something better in a decision or away from well, God. Yeah. Towards um, God or away from and God. And again, this sound, that sounds really heady. Like, okay, Nick, you're going to write, you know, Dostoevsky <laughs> here. I'm like, sometimes. But um, <laughs> but it's like this. I mean, you can have a whole story about, I wrote a flash fiction one time about falling asleep. I mean, that's basically all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really about that kind of fear you can have when you're late at night and you're trying to fall asleep. And you're like, like kids have in, intuitively without meaning to. Of um, what if you fall asleep and don't and wake, you don't wake up. up? Yeah, which sounds like a Doctor Who plot. It does actually. Happen, now I think about it. Yeah, it does actually. <laughs> um, but I think the big philosophical picture is just my way of seeing. Look, everything is a decision. Everything is a movement one way or another. And am I going to trust that I'm going to wake up mm-hmm. or not? You know, or I'm going to. In a secular view, I suppose the movement would be more from, like, if you're atheist, almost more like towards meaning or away from meaning. You know, there's a lot of movies mm-hmm. nowadays like. Try and find well, what's the purpose of this? Well, just believe or M- make your own or purpose. make your own, you know. Yeah. But it's it's finding meaning, and I think because the entire also Christian worldview says everything is a story that there is a beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, the grand scope of the universe. Grand scope yes. that, as opposed to a more um, secular point of view, where if there's not real stories are kind of artificial. Artificial, yeah. They they don't have to exist mm. because why should they? If the if the universe doesn't have a story, we're just constructing them out of nothing. From a Christian point of view, you're just kind of imitating what the whole universe is doing anyways. And it gets, when I'm saying it that way, well, if you're imitating what the whole universe is doing anyways, then everything in the universe has a meaning. And if you have a meaning, you have a story. Interesting. That, anyways, that, it made more sense when I'm driving my car. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking these things. But a couple examples, I guess. Yeah. Again, like I said, this is kind of my ode to small stories, to the fact that everything is meaningful to write about. My sister and I um, often will discuss Ray Bradbury stories because I made her read um, Dandelion Wine and she loved me forever for it. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's a chapter in there, and Dandelion Wine is largely a, a collection of short stories kind of loosely strung together about this boy's summer in the Midwest. And the nostalgia hurts so bad, even if you've never lived in the Midwest. Mm. Um, just but the, the, the style. The style. The you just like, it. It's just like captures this old school America you know, kind of like this town here. Um, not quite as weird. Well, yeah. no, not completely true. But there's this entire chapter about this boy buying shoes. That's the story. Because there has never been, I've ever read, any chapter or collection of words that make you love buying new shoes so much as this story does. There is such a wonder in these shoes. And they're just normal shoes. They're not like magical shoes, but they're imbued with a sense of wonder of now I now this boy can leap and run new again because he has fresh shoes for the summer and that's cool and and the fact that you can get a story out of something such a normal thing mm-hmm. 
I guess is what fascinates me. I feel like that is part of the purpose of a uh, of writing is to to show people, oh, look, the things that you think are normal and, and kind of meaningless are not meaningless. Mm-hmm. When when you first suggested this topic, I immediately re- was reminded of a writing exercise I read in a book in in uh, I think it was early high school. I don't remember what they called it. I object. Basically, it was a story starter thing. Yeah. And their challenge was that you could start a story based on anything, mm-hmm. like like anything you had lying around the house. Yeah. Uh, I think I think uh, I don't remember if this is the example of the book. Like maybe start with like a button. You just start writing, describing the button and the person who's like examining it, and uh, maybe it's the seamstress who was picking just the perfect buttons for the orphan children that she was taking care of, and then you you start from an object, and that gives you a, a character, and then you know this woman is taking care of orphans that goes on to, okay, well, that's a conflict. Yeah. So you can literally start anything you see can potentially be inspiration for a story. And I think the benefit of thinking this way, of saying that everything is story, is that in some ways, if you practice this, writer's block goes away. Goes away or at least has a, I mean, you're always going to be like, but what do I do next? Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of benefit. The other, this is an example of my life. The other day, me and the kids were at the park, and there was all this cut grass that was in clumps and just drying. And Randy starts gathering it and laying in it and running around it and throwing it at me. And, <laughs> and I just thought, like, how wonderful grass is. You know, grass is grass. Is grass. I mean, uh-huh. is corn grass? I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but, and it made me wonder, it made me want to write a story about grass. And then I did. At the time we were recording this, I just put it out on my on my website as the Green Nymph. Um, oh, nice! I'm I'm a little behind. Oh, that's catch fine. Up. Yeah, I hope it's about a grass fight because I I kind of like when you said she was throwing at you. Oh like, yeah, we were throwing at each other and she was rolling <laughs> around in it and yeah, it was great. It was it was like a snowball fight but with clumps of dead grass. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't know if you ever done that. It's a little more I'm, itchy than snow. Yeah, possibly. But I, um, I do have little sisters after yeah. all. <laughs> well, I'm talking to the audience, but well, um, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't go now. Even if you live in the desert, um, <laughs> go have a grass fight. Go <laughs> have a grass fight. But anyway, I just to me, there's again my writing style and, and reason doing things might be different than other people. I mean, some people have different purpose for writing, but I've always felt it important to say the little things matter. Hmm. I remember an illustration from J. Marcus Straczynski's screenwriting book, which is a really good screenwriting book. I think I mentioned it in early episodes once or twice. But he says, like, details matter. He says, like, he has this example in the book about husband and wife, or he's, I think the husband's talking about his wife who's dead, and talk how he encapsulates their, some moment is that he always called it jam, and she called it jelly. <laughs> yeah. And it's those little details where, where life is. Hmm. I mean, even big epic things, they will usually try to find some small things to attach things to. Even if it's something that seems kind of inconsequential in the grand scope of things, that is part of part of life. Yeah. These, these little conversations we have, these little moments, these mm-hmm. little sensations, and yeah, there is life there. Like when you read that in a story, and, and people have said this about, say, Quentin Tarantino's dialogue. He'll have dialogue in Pulp Fiction about the just most mundane things that has nothing to, really to do with the overarching plot. Mm-hmm. But people love it because 
people talk like that. People talk about the weird differences between different countries, about like how in Europe they don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese because they don't have pounds. Yeah. You know, not in terms of measurement yeah. anyway. <laughs> they weigh nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah, no, that there's there's a genuineness there that's that you don't have if your characters are just exposition machines. Again, because it's almost required in our contract to mention lost. Um <laughs> No, but it's interesting of all the insanity in that show, one of the things people remember most is Charlie giving Claire an empty peanut butter jar, peanut butter jar. Oh, yeah. And pretending to eat peanut butter out of it. Yeah. yeah. Of all the insanity, that's one of those things to be like, oh, remember that scene? That was such a nice little romantic moment. Exactly. And it's it's the little things where the story, not not always, but I've seen plenty of big budget movies that have no heart because there's no little scenes. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're, it's stuff happens and it's vastly important, but it almost doesn't matter unless... Unless you've got some of these little human touches. In yeah, it. because that's that's where most of us live life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where our stories are. Most people's stories are in, you know, the alarm clock goes off. Do I get up now or do I hit the... hit? That's I mean, that could be a story. Do I hit the snooze button or not? Well, you know, it's, it's unfortunate in some ways. Anyone who's working in, like, say, uh, set design for any movie, they are thinking about this kind yeah. of stuff. There's there's a lot that like say a character's bedroom says about who that character yeah. is, and set designers that's their job to think about it. Now, if it's generic and you know maybe that doesn't say a whole lot about the character, yeah. if they're just generic American teenager or something. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes you can like add some, and if the cinematographer sees that, maybe they'll include it in the mise scene, and you find something really unique. I'm, I guess uh, Brian pointed that out. Um, they did that with uh, the Searchers. That one gravestone that has oh. John that mentions John Wayne's parents who were killed by Comanches. Yeah, it, most viewers aren't going to see that on their first viewing, but if you know that's there, then it informs the character's perspective on um, Indians. Yeah, well, that reminds was it? I think what Brian was talking about when we about some sort of expressionism where that's really rooted to objects. Um, I guess Ger- German expression. Yeah, I think so. Well, I mean, at least that one is very vivid imagery. I remember yeah. him saying that was that was a when key it can, thing. It's related. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. There's a sometimes it's tied specifically to an object. I think you talked about that in Notorious specifically. But for us creators, I do think it's again. I have found this out largely because between you know editing big projects and kids and stuff, I don't write a lot of new big things currently. So I've been writing, you know, I write flash fictions. We've mentioned that before. But that's where I've kind of learned slowly how do you write a story, a small mm-hmm. story about something that still matters. Yeah. And you've also written a number of these for, not just for your website, but for the local uh, newspaper. Yeah. And you've gotten some some good feedback from yeah. those, haven't you? Because I, mean, I think you do a really good job of capturing, because you, you do have some heady ideas yes. that, that you've expressed in various things. Yeah. But uh, for a newspaper, you've, you've written, I think, some very nice, poignant little flash fiction, you know, very short stories that I think a lot of people can relate to, you know, yeah. whether playing hide and go seek with your kid yeah. and then like you almost lose your kid and yeah. you start freaking out and then, oh, she's under the covers yeah. of the bed. And the way I think, again, not everyone, is that I think now is there a story in, in conceivably in just normal life, you know, waking up or going to bed or making breakfast, you know. But I think if you're more philosophically bent like sometimes I am, you can make bigger points out of little things. Hmm. Or not, you can make big points out of little things. And, and it's you don't prob- have to, but right. And and in, the, in that case, like that I'm describing, that's a good way to 
help other people see kind of the importance of the little things. Yeah. Like when you, you show them, look, this is something beautiful. And sometimes that's easier for people to grasp onto than if it's in the middle of a thousand page epic. Like I, I, like I was at a wedding one time and weddings just make me pensive in a good way. But for some reason, I got in my mind, like my kid was writing was pretty small. And, you know, then you see the father dance with the, with the bride and, you know, you think about such things. And so, and Rennie at that time loved being dizzy. She loved me just whirling her around and around. She never gets dizzy. <laughs> um, so I remember writing a story called Dizzy, basically where I'm twirling, well, the main character is twirling his daughter around, and then it's like morphed into wedding and then morphs back. And then like, you know, so, you know, connecting, making those connections between those, what life is, you know, the, the important moments of life. Because it's like this. I don't know if your parents are like this, um, but... Mine took all kinds of home... Oh, yeah, I know yours are, but all kinds of home videos. Mm-hmm. And honestly, home videos are usually just about things that they're not important. I mean, when you're living them, they're like, it's just a day. You know, uh-huh. you're, just being, you're just walking around or making silly faces or being just whoever you were on that day. And then 20, 30 years later, watching, like, remember, you know, it's like a... It's a time capsule. It's a time almost. capsule. And, and, like, there's so much of life that... When you're living it, you don't realize it's as cool as when you you stand outside of it and look at it. Mm, yeah. And I think the point of one opportunity writers have is to step back from normal life and show people what it actually is. Mm. Again, I come from a Christian worldview when I think everything has meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it might be different if you don't think that. <laughs> to step back and say, yeah, you know, look, you know, I guess that's you know, like waiting for Noah's. You step back and say, look, you're just doing nothing. But well, I mean, it is interesting when you. Like at a funeral, generally, hopefully, everyone remembers all the good things about a person's life. Yeah, all the all those the bad things they may have said or done. Most of the time, if it's a generally decent person, that stuff kind the bad stuff just kind of fades away, and you just remember the the important things. And that's an interesting perspective to I think maybe bring into in the stories in a sense. So it's not just about the. The glitz and the slam bang and the, the emotional moments, the high, all the high yeah. points, the scope of, of what a life means. I mean, the- one of my favorite, I don't know, favorite scenes, but one of those scenes that stuck with me from Howl's Moving Castle, which has a lot of great stuff in it. Mm-hmm. I, first of all, I always remember she's an old lady. If you don't know Howl's Moving Castle, there's this girl who gets turned into a nine year old lady and then kidnapped by a moving castle and. It goes on from there. So it's crazy. It's epic, et cetera. But there's a scene where she just, she pulls her chair out and she's just sitting by this lake and just watching the water and thinking, mm-hmm. you know, how nice it is to just be here. Yeah. That's a Miyazaki moment. Yeah. That's the sort of thing that you don't normally put a story around, but there's a story there. Mm-hmm. You know, something interesting. My grandmother, who lives at uh, my parents' place, you know, she sits through a lot of weird movies yeah. that her crazy uh, grandkids <laughs> love. You know, like watching Doctor yeah. Who and all this kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> and some of it she enjoys, some of it she gets kind of tired of. But she loves Howl's Moving Castle. That's her favorite Miyazaki really? movie that we It's a great yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. I, I, think, I think there is part of it is because it's about an old lady for a good yeah. bit of it. And uh, she, I think she appreciates the little scenes like that, little, like, touches. And, yeah, and that is a very memorable mo- moment. It was like, sometimes it's just nice to sit and... And watch the sunset. And, and again, I love big epic movies. You know, I think we want those. Be there also is a sense that heroism and changing the world. And mm-hmm. but it's like I sometimes tell my youth. I I I'm sure I've mentioned here that I run the youth group at our church. You know, if you want to change the world, first thing you do is work hard at your job, 
be a good parent, <laughs> be a good you know spouse, you know normal life. Mm-hmm. You do normal life well. I think that's why I sometimes think movies like um, things like Strangers in Fiction, mm-hmm. you know, it just like gives us interesting view of life or not life or you know what it means to actually. Not that I'm all for like YOLO sort of stuff, but <laughs> you know that sort of like are we going to actually live it or are we going to just have it happen just, to us? Just talk about it. Yeah. So I don't I, I don't know where we're going with except I just I, again it's just my plea for for creators to you know to remember that. Well, I was gonna say I, have, I just have a question for you since how do you balance and maybe I don't know if there, if there needs to be a balance or but when you see these these kind of moments. Mm-hmm. I guess multi-part question here. Yeah. One, how do you how do you look for moments that might make interesting stories in real life? And two, how do you not let those kind of moments of inspiration distract you from actually being in the moment? Um, I guess it helps that I don't have to come up with the moments too often. That I, it's not like I'm I'm on the lookout I, for them. I, I mean, I guess it's just I've learned to mind them when they happen, but not necessarily forcefully look for them constantly okay. it's one of those things like writing for this this local newspaper i'm like they'll like write me oh next week you need your story and i'm like okay i need to start coming with a story and then i'll start thinking about what's been happening you know what's the season what, what are we mm. doing you know mm-hmm. and kind of more looking through things that that i do normally but maybe i haven't done recently like well we played hide and seek is there something there or oh okay um now like the grass story just came about because afterward i was just so struck with this is a neat thing. I would like to do something with this. Okay. So I think part of it's just being, I think I've learned to be open-minded about it just because I've written that sort of story so often now. Okay. I mean, my first flight fiction ever, yeah, for a long time, I was like, you can't write a story less than a thousand words. First one ever came kind of by accident. We were at this wedding reception, getting weddings. Mm. Um, and I, I love, I don't know if you've ever been to wedding reception with my family, we love the dancing and the, you know, the crazy YMCA and stuff like that. And I just, I get a kick out of lots of people being happy and music. Um, <laughs> How dare you like I such know. a thing? <laughs> and I, I really desperately want to, sometimes when I have these emotions, I'm like, I want to express this somehow. That's the writer to me. Um, Which, and I, I love because the modern way of doing it, and this is not bad at yeah. all, but the modern way of ca- of capturing those moments is with whip out the smartphone, take a yeah. picture. Uh, which is totally fine. You know, there, I, I love that there's an outlet for it, but I kind of also enjoy that your method of capturing the moment is is writing it down in a scene. Well, well it's funny. You know, now I mentioned, like, Natasha's the picture taker and the video taker. She was like, take a video of this. And I'm always like, but I'm doing it right now. I don't want to videotape it. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. I have a horrible, t- like, if I'm doing something, I want to be in it. Yeah. And then process it. Uh-huh. As opposed to, Stand outside of it while it's happening. Yeah, it's it's a tricky thing now with the, in the age of smartphones. Yeah. I've I've seen some people to like uh, criticize people who take uh, videos at concerts and stuff because like one that means you're not you're at a concert but you're also looking at this little tiny version of yeah. what's right in front of you, so you're kind of missing out a little bit. So I guess a, a second part of your answer is is just to be involved in what you're actually living. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the best way to come with ideas is to do just be. I mean, you know, not 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 be on the lookout like, okay, I'm not living life to find things as much as I'm living life. And then things that, you know, may, sometimes it's good just having a time, hey, you need to write a story. And like, okay, well, I'll go and yeah. think through things. And sometimes it's like, well, that was really neat. How do I express that? And, you know, well, um, it, it your, is... the story we read on here, man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That came from just some, some emotion that I wanted to express. Sure. 
Yeah. Um, some of I, my best stories come that way. Yeah. I've, I've, <laughs> we mentioned that before here. I think, I, th- I think so. Yeah. And I, I know I've written at least one flash fiction that like came out of like processing things. Yeah. And so like, let's, ex- let's explore this in the fictional ver- yeah. version. Oh, I could just go in my story about my first flight fiction. So when do wedding reception one express this kind of joy and whatever. And for, I don't know how he came up with it. much just came to me because I was trying to get the idea but then I wrote, it's the first one called Move to the Beat. But basically, it's just a lot of description, people dancing, whatever. And then, like, the last scene or sentence or whatever, basically, this guy's wife wheelchairing him off the dance floor because he's in a wheelchair during this whole thing. And He was just watching everyone Well, he was, he was kind of participating. I can't remember how I wrote it, but largely it's him living vicariously through that and remembering that that's how he will be after everything's made new again. Hmm. I think that was my impression. Whether it's written like that, who knows? It's been a long time since I reread it, but <laughs> but I, I do like the idea too. Of it's you can grab that inspiration in the moment, and again, nothing wrong with taking pictures no, of no. wedding as long as you're you are also participating in it. But I like the idea that maybe making incorporating into stories after the fact it gives you a chance to kind of ruminate after it and, and process it and, and ground it, it in yeah. something. Uh, yeah, and I and I think. Again, I suppose being a parent gives me a lot more options for stories, but you have all kinds of living creatures in your house. But um, <laughs> You were telling me about some of their psychology earlier yeah, tonight. Yeah, exactly. So, it is very entertaining. So, um, again, I think it's fascinating to look at the world. Because I, personally, sometimes, you you know, you live life, you just, it's, it's just, it just passes you by. It, or it's just mundane sometimes. Sometimes it's just like, a, it's just, it's boring. It's, you know, I got to get up and do the same thing over again. And sometimes the writer themselves needs these stories to remind them. I think stories are there to remind us what the world's actually like. Well, and it just occurred to me too that this is a little different for kids and adults, anyways. You know, kids, and you see this sort of story in, in comics sometimes, yeah. like Calvin doing a very basic sort of thing and he makes it a grand adventure, sort of, you know, yeah. outer space epic or, you know, Kids will like to bring you know bits of their own imagination, and mundane things get to be very fantastical. Adults can sometimes see these, and not necessarily have to bring in. I mean, and it's totally fine if you want to bring it, bringing the fantastical to real life. But it's a little easier in some ways, or or maybe it was originally when you're really little, really little babies who are amazed at, at everything. Yeah. But uh, when adults can be sort of re-amazed at the world around them without mm-hmm. having to add the fantastical to it. That's, yeah. that's a special thing, And I too. guess I should mention, I've been talking about a lot about wonder and stuff, but I think, I mean, just as much as processing the negative. Oh, You no, know, the, the, the sorrow and the, you know, process. The, there's a story Fleischfeld wrote called, I don't remember what it's called anymore, but it's basically this whole little, it starts out as this little story of this, um, this is this brother and sister and they're at the park and they're spinning, you know, each other in this, on the merry-go-round and the girls just trying to read while the boys run around doing crazy stuff and they both leave. And then it, it, it revealed in the end that this is a uh, husband talking to his wife about, oh, I had this dream last night about these two kids. And then it's kind of, it's implied or said or whatever that basically they had a miscarriage. So it's like processing like the kids that would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, processing that sort of, that sort of loss in a, you know, hopefully in a, in a tender way. So there's, there's, uh, I think, lots of, lots of ways, again, writing's good for, for writers to process their own emotions, but also just those touchstones that bond humanity together. We're, mm-hmm. We all inherently think in story. We don't say, what did you do today? And give you a list, necessarily. You tell, 
so, I did this, and then I, you know, the, then and then and then the sequence of events. Yeah, which in in a way is a story. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think somewhere down the road here, we want to. I think we want to do a story school. A thing about kind of expressing our own personal stories. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's on our docket to do. You know. What does real life stories look like? Yeah, like, exactly. Not just not just kind of what you're talking about in the short story. Yeah, not not fictionalizing things, but but, but but when you're actually sharing something important to you, because you know the the word of their testimony is an mm-hmm. important part of it's important weapon that uh, Christians have. Yeah. So, but uh, so you can be looking forward to that, and in the meantime, be looking at the world around you and seeing. And and maybe what if you if you're stuck on your story, maybe there or on something that you need to write or film or or what have you, uh, maybe take another look at the world around you and what you've been experiencing lately, and you might find more inspiration than you think. Yep. Right. So with that, let's move on into soundtrack. So today I'll take the first soundtrack. Um, I thought I'd pick a remix with a story in it, since we're talking about everything is story. And this is quite a um, nice, cheery, Celtic sort of song. Awesome. It's from a game called Archura, which I've never played or even heard of. Um, the song is called Dublin Delight, and it's remixed by Andreas Wallstrom and Mackie. Okay. Enjoy. <laughs> Okay, and we're back. 
Hello. I hope you enjoyed that. I did. I did as well. I don't know. I, I love Celtic stuff. Yeah. So, man, this uh, this town looks a little different than yeah, uh, the I don't know. It's a little more um, desaturated. I'm not sure. Uh, uninhabited? Um, yeah, it became a ghost town all of a sudden. I mean, I'm not I, I, real comfortable here anymore. I'm not sure why... Um, I'm not sure why that song sucked all the life out of it, or... I don't know. And my shoes, I can't get. They're up there. Unless it was some sort of... This was just all some sort of elaborate ruse or something. Anywho. Okay. But <laughs> we, we should finish up our podcast so all right. we can get yes. going. So get out of here. Okay, so our next segment is... It's Came From The Interwebs. Our podcast has been pretty deep so far today. This segment will not be that. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, we're, we're going into the, uh, the silly side of the, of the internet again. And this will be a bit of experience. I'm going to show Nick a series of videos, which is a little problematic for a podcast, admittedly. <laughs> but you'll hear it, and we'll, and we'll describe stuff. And there is a connecting thread. Actually, I should ask, are you at all familiar with, uh, you know, that like the uh, kids react, adults react, okay, yeah. YouTubers react? I know of the idea, yeah. You know, you know the idea. Okay, so this is from, I stole this from one of the YouTubers react things, this, this concept of, well, for you to react to, basically. Oh, okay. I've got a playlist of videos here on YouTube. All right, so I see a so blurry here, Google screen. Yes, here we go. Someone's typing in, in a Google search, searching for the color red, and oh, click nice. on images. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a, a uh, blue, there's a, the color blue is somehow with on, the color red. That is oh, very, very odd. <laughs> yes. So, okay, here's another video. We've got uh, a, a slow-mo of two guys running towards each other. Okay, yeah. They're kicking each other. Ouch. <laughs> they, uh, they just groined each other. Yeah, somehow they 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 left in midair in a kick, but instead of like their feet colliding, their uh, crotches collided. Uh, always strike the uh, restrike the groin, as um, Master Ken would say. <laughs> Why would he say that? There was, no, you ever seen um, Ameridote videos? No. Okay, someday I'll introduce you to Ameridote. <laughs> okay. And some person was getting electrocuted. I think it might be an animatronic, actually. Okay, I need a donut now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so some animatronic would be electrocuted violently. I think it's uh, yeah, an animatronic in an electric chair for some reason. A little disturbing. And yeah, then you heard the voice of some lady's like, okay, I need a uh, That's the first thing I, I, I did not think that. <laughs> I love how it's not even, I need a drink. Like, I need a donut now. <laughs> It's so weird. Like this is apparently at IAPA, which is a trade show for like amusement uh, attractions. Uh, okay. and things. I, I only know that because Archer Tag used to go there, but I, I don't know. I guess this would be for a haunted house. That's the only thing I can think of because yeah, it's kind of weird. It shouldn't be for like a putt putt. No, <laughs> like hole in one, you electrocutor, yay. <laughs> okay, crump up the jam. That's the name of this video. That's an interesting video title. So we have a whole bunch of like little figurines, like Disney and Disney figurines, and some guy dancing. <laughs> some green, some green screen dude is dancing to um, I think it's uh, who wants to be or who's afraid of the big bad wolf or something. Yeah, that's um, it's kind of interesting. He's like going hip hop ish to this very ballet sort of song. Yeah, so. <laughs> 
So that is odd. I don't have any clue how these all relate. <laughs> all right. This this video is called a uh, rogue trumpeter. And uh, I like the I like it already. There's a trumpet here. Some guy's holding. Like doom style trumpet. Yeah, very kind of old looking. And then there's from the balcony this marching band. Head of this marching band is looking up very annoyed at the, tr- <laughs> the trumpeter who's just interfering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should say this marching band is like all in uniform. Like this looks like it's like an, an actual <laughs> naval marching band, and the guy just totally like interrupted, hij- hijacked it. Or That's something. awesome. Just like <laughs> with a really lame sounding trumpet. <laughs> all right. Sell Hawaii Five O. You ever seen that show? Where there's a drum fill in it that goes. <laughs> <laughs> that so, is the world's awesomest drum fill. <laughs> if you couldn't guess. It was a high schooler speaking, and when he was drumming, that he was going like this one long. Yeah, there was probably twenty drums there. Probably like all the drums that they had at the school. He was uh, he was going down the line of them all to do that. So and I was walk away all pumped. He's like, "I was awesome." Yeah. <laughs> so. How it feels to chew five gum? How it feels to chew five gum? This is where the podcast does not benefit you guys as well, but no. Basically, a man just head butted a door. <laughs> we not just head butted; he went he flying left. through a door. We, <laughs> head first. Let, let's see this again. Okay, many times over. <laughs> I don't know why anyone would do this. It looked like he just straight up launched himself into the door head first. Head first. Head first. And then he, he threw like, the door. And then he was like, he like went through it, and then he was like hanging there. That is that is nuts. <laughs> so this this one is called "Baby's Scared of Party Toy." Baby's looking very pensively. <laughs> 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 and you oh, kind of guess what happened there, I think, yes. from the sound. So here we have an animated dinosaur thing singing a weird little song. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then there was another dinosaur with a very strange face that interjected the ye there. Wow. So, yeah, that's, that's that one. That is nuts. I don't know where he found all this. So here we, this is called best stock footage. We have a, there's no sound of this one, but there's a bunch of people shaking, <laughs> business people shaking hands and being very celebratory in the background. <laughs> a creepy guy just staring at you from the front, who just like uh, slides in. <laughs> what would you use this for? My guess, I think these are two different stock images. Like uh, my, uh, let's see this again. So because these business people, they're being very demonstrative, like <laughs> hugging and like they're really carrying on with their party. And then I think this is just a still image of a guy staring at the camera. It's so awesome. <laughs> like after <laughs> a whole party in the background, I've never seen someone ha- have that much excitement over anything. Uh, okay. So here we have someone with a green screen uh, holding a, fo- uh, a hot dog. Uh, they're uh, squirting mustard onto their hot dog. And I should say, this is green screen because behind there, there's a guy fully clothed walking into a swimming pool. And now it says ASDGFJ. In floating rainbow text. Oh, the mustard is going down the arm now. Yes. And the soundtrack is very like Mario Kart. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of is. 
And the guy's just walking into the water. Mm-hmm. What is this test footage for? <laughs> I don't know. How to use a green screen, I guess? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to warn you now. I'm going to turn the, the sound down just a little bit for this one. Okay. <laughs> That was the best universal theme ever. My I, favorite part of that video is that it says you can get the ringtone of it. I, I want that ringtone. <laughs> Actually, that should be alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> you would never sleep again. <laughs> no. Out of fear. Out of <laughs> any minute is gonna happen. Any minute. And but gotta wake up now. Oh my goodness. Okay. Spider-Man. Man. Yeah, that's that's what the next one's called. So, a guy jumping on the kitchen cabinets for some reason and bringing <laughs> the cabinets <laughs> crashing down on him. Oh, all kinds of cabinets. Well, like, that was. Welcome back to school. Denim haircut. Backpacks, backpacks, come get your backpack. Boots and pants and boots and pants. New shoes. So, yes, this is a commercial. Up for mall, it looks like. Denim. Yeah. Boots and pants and boots and pants. Haircut, new shoes. So get yourself back to school with these tails. Haircut. What in the? <laughs> the haircut lady had it going on. Yeah, like she had the best, best yeah, vocal range. I think. I, uh, uh, <laughs> so that um, was a very cheaply made I local commercial. This, I need this playlist, Tim. <laughs> you don't understand. I teach youth group. <laughs> I, I I can get it for you. I I'll go ahead and and let the cat out of the bag here a little bit. So where these videos came from? Well, the playlist I put together, there's 25 videos. Okay, these are actually all originally from another playlist on YouTube <laughs> called Important Videos that some guy made to collect what he felt were important videos. His playlist is like 300 videos long. Right. It's like three hours long. Like important videos? Well, you've seen the yes. quality of how yes. important these videos are so far. Obviously, they are very Not, important. They're very important. They're <laughs> they're uh, they're. And this is and the world end. And, and let me see if I can find the thing here real quick. These yeah. are wonderful, though. I've never seen such. Now collection. I should I should warn you about before you show your your youth kids the full playlist. Some some of them are. Oh, I would probably use yours. Not. Yeah, you'd probably want to use mine because there's 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 some you know R rated. I mean, one time there. I was watching with some people like Japanese commercials. There's some weird Japanese commercials on there. Yes, yes, there are. Granted, there's some weird American commercials too. <laughs> yeah, but Japanese have their own kind of unique brand of weirdness. So yes, this this playlist has been viewed 668 million times. Wow. I'm not sure. How, how did he curate this stuff? How I, do you find this stuff? Uh, who knows? I mean, a, there, I mean, there's a lot of internet out there. There is a lot of now. I, I imagine he's been curating it for a while. Yeah, I, I would, I would guess. But there, there is, there's a lot of stuff in here, and like I said, not all of it's worth watching. I just, I, and I've not. I guess it's sort of a challenge. It's like three hours long to like. <sighs> To sit through it all, and they're all in one like thirty go. seconds. Uh, all, most of them. Toward the end, there's some longer ones. Okay, that's nuts. But yeah, let's let's go see. So we got 
Airbus test flight gone wrong. Yeah, and I've and I've been playing these. I've I I actually made the playlist, and I've, I've been playing these in randomized. Oh, so nice. I don't actually know what's going to come up each time. <laughs> Aircraft manufacturers have tried to fix that problem by designing the pilot out of the cockpit. So we have an airplane landing. This is the first fully automated plane flown by a computer, and it's going through the trees. <laughs> And it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. And in fact, there is a big explosion. Whoa, big yeah. fireball. <laughs> Hopefully no one was actually hurt in making that. <laughs> the timing's like, and poof. <laughs> so this clip is called Nicolas Cage Driving. Nicolas Cage has just gotten some dude's uh, car. He's hit the thing. He's driving. <laughs> <laughs> very, very intense Nicolas Cage faces, close-ups on his face. And he's very intensely driving. <laughs> <laughs> it just ends with, awesome edit. It yeah. just ends with the the airbag exploding in his face. It's it's a beautiful thing. So here we have a guy sweeping, and he tosses a little sombrero. Oh, <laughs> onto his dancing cat. Yeah, it's quite that, impressive. That was impressive. Speaking of uh, cats, uh, water wind, uh, water treadmilling a cat. So staying alive. That is um <laughs> something Import- else important. What's your favorite job? Crushing up boxes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was an interview with this little kid. Asked him what his favorite job was, crushing up boxes. And he like literally is like, pounding in the window. He's like he's Hulk like, smashing it. Hulk smashing, yeah. It's, it's a pretty great transition. He, he's fully invested in that. <laughs> okay, so this next one is called The Proper Way to End Your Film. So we've got a, a guy with a mustache. He's rolling up his sleeve. He has a gun on his arm. Bad guy's aiming a gun at him. <laughs> his gun was apparently a small rocket or something. <laughs> and as soon as he, he shot the guy, and then the explosion, and then there's there's the text that says some guy apparently gave it up some, to the authorities after the incident and serving a life sentence. Nice. And credits roll. Nice. That's good. good that, that's just, the way you end the movie. End it. You're just just, like, bad guy blew end up. End with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We've got a Mario Kart video here. Daisy was uh, in first place, but then she got hit by the blue shell. And it happens. And now she's hit by a red okay. shell. And so now she's in second place. And uh, now hit she's hit by a red, red shell. shell. Now she's in fourth place, uh, fifth place, uh, sixth, seventh. Everyone's been. Oh, and Luigi just knocked her off the bridge. <laughs> And, uh, I've played that game. I, I've been that. Yeah, and then now here's uh, a bullet hit, bullet, uh, <laughs> <laughs> off the bridge again. <laughs> Went from first to the twelfth place, and she's back, and she's just gonna sit there. <laughs> yep, I've I've had that happen to me. Now here's here's a crazy Mario Kart game uh, clip. Here's Rosalina. She's almost to the finish line. She's dragging a green shell, but she slowly backs up. And Luigi, who's just driving by, hits the green shell that she had reversed engineered. And Rosalina goes backward and just barely crosses the finish line before Luigi That does. is awesome. <laughs> and terribly Is that cruel. a real thing? I, that, I think that's actual footage, yes. That's amazing. Like, whoever, whoever managed to line that, that up. perfect. <laughs> that's evil, but, but, but yes, very amazing. Yes! That is awesome. Before you don't know, this is the Evangelion theme song done by Bikehorn. 
and we've, we've and we've got some video footage to go oh, along man. with us here. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> well, I first found this. I was mesmerized by this. <laughs> so we uh, let me describe what you're seeing. There's uh, a there's an Evangelion, which is a giant purple robot riding a bicycle. Um, some lady's body going behind me. That's very Evangelion. Uh, there's a giant head in the background, which I think is from something I've watched from the, yet from the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's really all there. And watermelons. The, yes, he's driving. He's he's riding his bike past lots and lots oh, and of watermelons. Oh, there's a bike going by. Because... Yep. And I'm and I'm pretty sure he's driving through. It's it's gotta be blood, right? Oh, almost. Yeah. I mean, it's Evangelion. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I, I love how the, the bike actually has streamers in the handlebars. <laughs> I think they should do a whole episode, uh, a realistic, like, do, the guy should animate to this. That'd be awesome. <laughs> They'd be like Sinji and dancing right here. <laughs> I almost picked this for my soundtrack. This would have been awesome. <laughs> Man, someone spent a lot of work on this absurdity yeah well i i think the the video and the music might be from two different uh creators still someone made both yes yes and I, this I, is I, not the easiest thing to do on bike horn no i would i wouldn't think so either and it's it's quite impressive <laughs> I've, I've never heard a bike horn arrangement like this either to be honest I mean, we did that whole that whole episode music of music, thing, yeah. And I, I didn't encounter a bicorn thing. Well, it was an underutilized piece yeah. of music. <laughs> like next time, next time there's like a wedding reception or something, we'll have to request <laughs> this. I tell you though, it's the second time in like in recent history I found a bizarre version of this theme. It's such like, a good theme though. It's so addictive. It really is. I mean, because I remember that uh, like gospel choir rendition oh, yeah. of it, which was awesome. It was awesome. It's a very, it's a very energetic, uplifting theme, that even in bike horn, <laughs> despite the series that it's attached to. It, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll, we love this, but I yeah, know this Gendo is not... would not be enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, I, I love and, it. I'll, and I'll Ray and Ronald would be like, what, in the what is this? Yeah. And Asuka would just call it dumb. Yeah, pretty much. So. This is when people would like to see Facebook Live of us here. <laughs> see, we can do our own acapella version exactly, of this. Exactly, we should have, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it would not be any worse than that Universal theme. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, let's see, we've done this, we've done this. Oh, wait, wait, we like, hang on a second, we haven't seen this one. Feels like Teen Shovel. <laughs> so, to explain what you're hearing here, it was not just smells like Teen Spirit. There was a there was a video clip of a guy. Uh, slip, he's a guy slipping on ice. Looks like he's shoveling ice. And the shovel hits. It makes that sound right here, right? And they use it in the song. That's awesome. That works really well. That's very impressive. Who who heard that? And decided I'm going to make that video. Well, see, here's this is the reason why I thought I thought to specifically choose this for this this episode, this this interwebs, because here we see all kinds of interesting art 
you know, everything is story. Yeah, Every, I mean, everything is yeah. YouTube I mean, these video. are just most of them are just like weird mistakes. They're like, we'll make a we'll make a video out of this. Yeah, I mean, there's there's quite a variety of stuff in here. There's a yes. I think we've done about all of them. I'll, I'll double check here and make sure so you can tell me if there's anything. I'm not sure which is my favorite. There was that chew gum one was pretty awesome. Yeah, but they're all pretty pretty great. I think that's all of them that I put in this playlist. So I I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you did. I think after this podcast comes out, we might have to link this on the Facebook page. <laughs> okay. <laughs> People may want to enjoy it for themselves. This this is I think I think this is some of the some of the best. At least these are these are my favorites. Yeah, from, from the those list. were very enjoyable. The, tits of, <laughs> <laughs> the internet has created many great things and many very strange things. <laughs> this is this is true. So so it but, came from the interwebs. <laughs> it, it, that is why it came from the interwebs. So anyway, that was enjoyable. So yes, make sure keep those those cameras rolling, America. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but that's the th- that's the thing we've said though about uh, America's funny some videos. Those are just all the f- the crazy things that have happened on tape, on or, tape, or on a mem- what, memory cards. Well, I guess it's le- more percentage now than used to. But like when it first started, and you had VHS. Yeah, I mean that was the stuff that was actually recorded and what wasn't recorded. <laughs> yeah. uh, truth is stranger than fiction. Oh, sometimes. it is. The world is a very strange, ridiculous place. And we love it for it. Okay, so we should uh, sign out here. So remember, we still have that brand new Facebook page out there that you should go give it a like. Yeah, and check. make sure you're subscribed to it. We post things between podcast episodes. Yes. Sometimes uh, fun little uh, media things that we think tie in or something we just want to talk about. So, so talk about... Um, I think we'll start. We'll, we'll have some excerpts, some old episodes going up now and then. Yeah, and hopefully it'll be a fun way to share. Like, if you want to, it's like, hey, you want to introduce your friends to some weird, some weirdos who want to let Michael Bay direct Wizard of Oz? That's us. That's us. No, do we want to let him? Well, okay, we we'll, let him. We but... Im- imagine the chaos that ensued when yeah. if he did. You know, that was many years ago, and there's still Transformer movies coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure what that's about. Okay. You know, another thing we should probably keep track of is the number of times that we've suggested something that happens. That happens. Yeah. Well, like for instance, Star Wars Land. We talked about that we, like, we way did. before Disney ever bought Star Wars. Well, you talked about like a like a reality TV show where you're like doing missions and stuff, and there was something kind of like that on TV. Yeah, you had to... recently, which I saw. I never actually got around to watching. But I should go check it out on, on I mean, the CBS. Yeah, we're, we're basically this is where people come to get their ideas. Yeah, they're they're crack body ideas. They're crack body ideas. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways. So check out the Facebook. You don't want to miss out on the fun over there. And, uh, and of course, subscribe. Tell your friends. On Stitcher and S- iTunes. Send us money. I mean, enjoy listening. Let us uh, let me give you my soundtrack choice here. Um, I wasn't sure what to go with. I was looking for something kind of wacky. And then I remembered Toad Jam and Earl, which is a w- weird sounding game. Uh, it's even weirder looking cover. <laughs> um, I think it's like some, a couple aliens like exploring Earth, except they're like hip hop aliens or something. Yeah, I, I've never played it, but every bit of music I've heard from it is awesome. And this is no exception. This song is called Killer Toe Funk. It is from FF Music DJ and Jeffrey Tosser. And again, just another example that inspiration can come from anywhere. Even uh, Toe Jam. Toe Jam, indeed. So. <laughs> but I hope you enjoy it. It's, it's pretty fun. In the meantime, Nick, um, I feel like we should probably leave this place or we might never get out. I, I concur. Um, how do we leave a place? 
we have to wait for the podcast, don't we? Well, I think once the music starts, hopefully the podcast should spirit us away okay. to our next location. Spirited away, nice. I yeah. hope not there. <laughs> We've been there before. I know, and it's a little it's a little freaky. It was a lot of work too. Yeah. So, so. okay. Well, let's get out here then, Tim. All right. Thank you, folks, for listening. This has been Tim. This has been Nick. Bye bye.